Okay. Very good afternoon to all brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Today is the thirtieth April, two o one seven. This is our forty-four six patria platform sutta class. Now exactly three o'clock. We can start our puja. Okay. Let us compose our mind. Develop the faith, sada, virya. Then mindfully we shall commence the puja. Namo Pansu Sutia Monifo. Namo Pansu Sutia Monifo. Namo Pansu Sutia Monifo. Namo Quan Sing Pusa. Namo Quan Sing Pusa. Namo Quan Sing Pusa. Namo For Pusa. Namo For Pusa. Namo For Pusa. Arahang Samma Sambuddho Bhagawa Buddhang Bhagawantang Abhiwadimi Swakato Bhagawata Dhammo Dhammang Namasami Supatipano Bhagavato Sakasango Sanghang Namami Namoatasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang saranang gachami Sanghang saranang gachami Dutiyampi buddhang saranang gachami Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gachami Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Tatiyampi buddhang saranang gachami Tatiyampi dhammang saranang gachami Tatiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Panatipata viramani sikhapadang samadhyami Adinadana Veramani Sikhapadang Samadhyami Kamesumichachara Veramani Sikhapadang Samadhyami 
มูสาวาดาเวรมณีสิกขาพดังสมาดิยามิสุราเมรายามาจาปามาดัทานาเวรมณีสิกขาพดังสมาดิยามิสาดุสาดุสาดูเคลสเปรัสแบคทริปเจมะปดังปเจมิดามังปเจมิสังหังปเจมิโอเคยอมแคมบิสิตะเติมที่ page one so that we can recite the verse for opening the sutta. Verse for opening a sutta. The unsurpassed, profound, and wonderful Dhamma is difficult to encounter in hundreds of millions of eons. I now see and hear it, receive and uphold it. And I vow to phantom the Tathagata's true meaning. Okay, turn to page 218. Eh? The Sutta. Huh? One might say that in practice, sorry, that to practice Zen is to attach oneself to purity. Yet the nature of people is basically pure. It is because of false thinking that the true suchness is obscure. Simply have no false thinking, and the nature will be pure of itself. If an attachment to purity arises in your mind, a deluded mind—sorry, a deluded idea of purity—will result. What is delusory does not exist. And the attachment is false. Purity has no form or mark, and yet there are those who set up the mark of purity as an achievement. Those with this view obstruct their own original nature and becomes bound by purity. So this passage in the Sutta is easy to understand. Eh? A lot of practitioner or cultivator, eh? they are very gullible. Whatever that is logical, eh? they will accept, and then they will believe. Especially this word purity. Eh? You heard of many instances. Eh? They say you must cultivate until you have the pure mind. Eh? Then, purity of mind is very important. For those who understand, there is no such thing. These are all words. 
that nature was all the while there. You understand? It was never defiled. But when you don't have the understanding, when the aggregates of mind arise, then through your delusion, your wrong view, you create entanglement, you create delusion. Then through this delusion, you attach, you cling. That's how the phenomena will come to be. Then you end up like Sun Siu. You know what Sun Siu did or not? Huh? Polish until it shines so that no dust can align. So he attached to purity to him. There must be no defilement. But he didn't understand the duality. The duality is if you don't create, thing is just the way it is, anasana. No right, no wrong, no pure, no defilement. But the moment you create one side, what happened? Automatically, whatever that is not that side will manifest. That's why duality come about. Then through your delusion, you create duality. Then what you do? The thought or the aggregates of mind that created duality wants to overcome one side of the duality. How can you do it, Anasana? If you kill one, the other side also gone. Anasana. So why do you create? If you don't create, then there is no duality. There is no purity and no defilement, no dust, nothing. Because originally, that nature has none of all this. It is the absence of defilement, the absence of delusion that is good. When you are incapable of wrong thing, when you don't have delusion, you are automatically wise. You don't have to be wise. So cultivation is exactly the way Huining saw it. So that's why this sutta, he said, one might say that to practice Zen is to attach oneself to purity. When you do that, what happens? Yeah? What happened to you? Who is attaching to purity? Ah, the thought. The mind, through the thought, becomes gullible and believe what people say. Yeah. So oneself attached to purity. Yet the nature of people is basically pure. Means without defilement, without duality, without the creation, there is none of all this. It is because of, what is that word? Huh? What is that word? Huh? The third line. Ah, what is false thinking? Huh? Ah, mundane thinking, or what they call wang xiang. False thinking means without understanding, mundane thinking, mundane thought process. It is because of false thinking that the true suchness is what happened. Huh? Ah, so what is it that obscures your true nature? Your heedless thinking, understand or not? Your false thinking, your mundane thinking. In Mandarin, in Mahayana, they like to use the word wang xiang. 
I don't know why they like this word Tawangsiang means creating false thinking. It's actually heedless thinking, deluded thinking. That's why it's the mundane thinking. Hmm. Simply having no false thinking and the nature will be pure of itself. And now you understand. Huh? Because without this false thinking, you will be naturally pure because it's true nature. True nature got nothing. Why do you add things and create duality and make it defile? So all these are basic understanding that the cultivator must have. So you don't try to practice purity, and that's all. practice to be good. You have to be mindful to ensure that you don't have delusion, false thinking, defilement. Then naturally, your cultivation will be right. Oh, you will have the clarity and the understanding. So understanding is more important than knowledge. Knowledge will create delusion for you to attach and cling. Then you cannot develop the cultivation. Understanding means you look at the Buddhist teaching, the Buddha's teaching. What did the Buddha say about the mind? He said, this mind, originally, it was already the way it is, beautiful, without anything. Pure. The basic nature is pure, purity. Then how did it get defiled? It's because the lack of spiritual faculty, understand? The five spiritual faculty. When they are not there, the opposite five, the mental hindrance, they come about. And when the mental hindrance arise, it will hinder your mind from entering the meditative state. So what is this mental hindrance? These are your false thinking, heedless thinking, deluded thinking, mundane thought process. And these are the ones that cloud your nature. Then you cannot realize your true mind. You cannot realize your silence within. That's why you get lost in thought. You get deluded and deceived by the aggregates of mind. Then you attach and cling and hold and grasp. And through that, you keep on holding. And when you hold on to something, it actually gets accumulated into your brain, your memory. That's how living beings get into trouble. That's why under Mahayana, they say, Ku Ji. The second noble truth is Ji, accumulation. When you accumulate, it is attachment, grasping, clinging. It will bring about suffering. But this is the cause of suffering. And who accumulate? Who cling? Who grasps? The deluded one with craving. That's why craving is the cause of suffering. Craving is the cause of accumulation, grasping and clinging. If you don't cling, you don't hold, you don't grasp, you will not accumulate. You will not hold it in your memory. So everything that you come to experience, your phobia, your scars of memory, your like and dislike or whatever, you accumulate them into memory.
And accumulation is attachment. It's a type of clinging, grasping, born of delusion. That's why it's a desire, it's a craving. So the cause of suffering is all this. If you don't grasp, you don't cling, you don't accumulate. If you understand that the form and mind is just a form and mind, chemically conditioned out, and because it has the senses, it can be conscious. Then when it is conscious, there is perception. And because of perception, there is memory. Memory is not the problem. It's like thought. Thought is not the problem. It's the user of thought and the user of memory. Because these are physical conditions, then the consciousness trapped inside is a mental condition. So the form and mind will be form and mind behaving the way it is. Like the physics experiment. If everything is in order, upon contact, the light bulb will light up, it will become conscious. At that moment, nothing wrong. It's very natural condition arising process. The problem arises when the light bulb lights up, the mental part through delusion become attached. Then you input the content of consciousness. You give meaning. You grasp, you cling, you create duality, like and dislike, pleasant and unpleasant. Then when you grasp and cling through delusion, you arise your thought process to project the mind. Then fear arise, worry arise. The mind becomes restless because it cannot understand what is going on. It cannot see the truth and the reality of phenomena. The universal characteristic within inherent within all phenomena may be physical, mental, or nature's phenomena. So this is basic understanding. And this one can only arise through awareness, mindfulness. When you are mindful of all this, then you awaken. Why am I still deceived, deluded? Allow all this to arise and condition me into negativity. And who am I? What am I? He know me, he know you. The aggregates of mind you have to develop the awareness, the true direct seeing, to see clearly that they are dependent, originating, condition arising, hence it's impermanent, not a permanent unchanging entity. The moment you grasp and cling through delusion, suffering will be the result. Where you want things your way, which is not nature's way, and you cannot see things as they are. That's why you cannot come to terms with the reality. You cannot be at peace with the moment. I saw on the t-shirt, uh, a lot of you are aware, this is a happy moment, isn't it? You all got it for Ananda Giri, I think. Uh. But that word is not correct. This is a peaceful moment, not a happy moment. 
happy moment is you gone already. Understand? It's heedless emotion already. Why do you want to cling to happiness? If it's peaceful, then there will be pity, there will be joy, there will be happiness. Understand? It's a peaceful moment. But the reason why you cannot be peaceful is because of delusion, because of mental hindrance. So a lot of these things, when you cannot understand, then it doesn't serve you. It doesn't benefit from what is being written because the one that writes doesn't have the clear understanding. Then every moment is a consciousness with its content. The moment you input the content, that content comes from the user of thought. Understand? If that user has delusion, that content will be deluded. That's why it will arise the wrong thought. The evil roots will be there. Happy, unhappy, they are duality. Understand? They are the sensual desire and ill will, the first two mental hindrances. Why do you want to cling? Why do you want to hold? It's not to say you cannot experience a happy moment. You can. But you must not attach. You must not cling. You must not grab. Because these are conditions arising. Mental state, mind state. This is not your true mind. Your true mind has none of all this. That's why if you cannot be mindful throughout the day, in the midst of life, you cannot develop the wisdom. That's why the true meditation, like Huining mentioned, there are three very important characteristics in his teaching. Uh, we went through before. Uh, the first basic characteristic is to go to the true mind. Use your true mind to meditate, to understand. And this true mind has three basic characteristics, which Huining already explained. Huh? We will go through again. What are the three main characteristics of a true mind? True main characteristic of a true mind. First one is what? Huh? First one is what? Ah, very good. No thought. That's why when you develop the meditation, you cannot silence your mind. You cannot develop the meditation. And what is a silent mind? It's a tea. What is a tea? Awareness before the knowing, before the arising of thought, before the arising of the aggregate of mind, before the perception, before the sankara activity of movement. It's just aware, silent. That's why this is the basis, the main characteristic of a true mind. It is silent, aware, no thought. Then after that, this is a more difficult one, the second characteristic. As you cultivate with the silent mind, that is just the first initial stage. When you use this silent mind, no thought, awareness to cultivate, then you insight into phenomena. What do you realize? What do you realize? 
are the three characteristics of impermanent leading to suffering, then non-self, empty nature. That's why this will lead you to the second characteristic of no mark. If you don't go through the first phase to cultivate and realize the three universal characteristics, the second level of cultivation using the true mind cannot arise. And when you reach this one, you are already very, very good. Or you already progress, at least sainthood. Otherwise, you cannot understand the characteristic of no mark. No mark of what? Of a self-cultivating. No mark of living beings to be saved. No mark of life, no mark of phenomena, no mark of others. Because these are all conditions arising, dependent originating, impermanent, not a permanent unchanging entity. So no reality. He know you, he know me. That one is the form and mind. And the form and mind is dependent originating, condition arising. Every phenomenon is like that. Even within the unconditioned, there is also no being inside there, no permanent unchanging entity within. Although that nature is eternal nature, understand? Do you understand? But it's not a permanent unchanging entity that can come out and live life and say, this is me, this is I. It is a nature, understand? That true nature is a nature. And that nature has its ability to develop understanding, awakening. That's why the spiritual perfection, the spiritual nature can come about. From the true nature, this spiritual nature come about. Then from the true nature, the mundane mind create the karmic nature. Do you understand? Then when you penetrate all this, you know how to use that mind. Like the fifth patriarch, the moment he explained to Huining, this is the condition arising mind, mundane mind, dependent origination mind. You have to learn to use it, yet you are not deluded by it, not attached to it. That is the last characteristic. What is that? Huh? Ah, the characteristics of no dwelling. That's why these three stages of cultivation is very powerful. Very, very powerful. The moment you can develop this type of understanding, then you know how to use that mind. That mind is for you to use, not for you to cling, grasp, and hold. When you dwell means what? You stay there, means you attach, you cling, because you are dwelling everywhere. In, in Mandarin, you all got one famous phrase, uh, liu qing, uh. <laughs> you, you understand that one? Or not? Uh, liu qing, uh. Everywhere you uh, fall in love, you dwell. <laughs> then there's another song. Lu bian de ye hua bu yao cai. 
That's why that song I like it when I was young. I, the moment I listen, I say, "Oh, so beautiful!" The composer. You all know how to sing it. Lu bian di ye hua, bu yao cai. Since young, I heard that song, and until now, I can still remember the first lyric, which is very good. So all this has a lot to do with understanding. That's why it's part of Dhamma. And when you understand, it's very beautiful. So today, I go deeper into these three characteristics, basic characteristics of Huineng's teaching. His teaching is very profound. He points towards the true mind. He takes you direct to the true mind. And what does that mean? Yeah? Means you don't have to waste time on the thought-based cultivation. Understand? Thought-based means what? You don't use the mundane mind to cultivate anymore. Where the mundane mind is thought. And thought, being an instrument that is below the true mind. How can thought realize the unconditioned? The Dhamma that you're supposed to realize, according to the Buddha, which you every time chant in the puja. Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo. Then the characteristic of this Dhamma is it is sanditical, can be realized in the here and the now. No need to wait till death. Then this Dhamma is akaliko. That's why you have to understand. Akaliko means what? This Dhamma is timeless, beyond thought, beyond time. Then how can you use an instrument which is thought to cultivate and try to realize the state or awakening which is beyond thought, beyond mind. Is it possible? It's impossible. Then why do you use it to know? Use it to come up with method and technique to meditate. And who is meditating? Huh? Who is meditating? Because you use thought, isn't it? So the thought is actively meditating. And when the thought meditates, how can you have the silent mind? How can you be in a meditative state? How can you be in deep? And this is very obvious. That's why those who do thought-based, they can't transform. And some of them got no other way to control the mind to make the mind quiet, peaceful, and silent, that's why they use method and technique to fix the thought, kill it into one-pointedness. Then they go into absorption, energy field, conditioned state, so that it don't think. And that is what thought-based meditation is all about. And that is where a lot of people can be trapped for many, many lifetimes. Aeons and aeons and aeons. That's why when the Buddha, when he arrives, he taught sati, mindfulness, which is without the thought. It's just aware, silent. And that one is the true mind. That is where the Huineng's teaching comes in. Without this, you cannot penetrate. 
That's why finally you have to come back to the four foundation of mindfulness, the daily mindfulness. Means the pure awareness, which is not a conditioned state. And you have to have that free mind, fully aware throughout the day. Means you have to develop this pure mind training. That's why meditation is not what you think. A lot of people don't understand this. That's why they couldn't penetrate. And most people go through energy field. That's why later on when we do the Surangama Sutta, the, the last part, the 50 Divan Samadhi, you will see all those thought-based energy field type of meditation. Yeah. All those were explained in the Surangama Sutta. That sutta warned those people, cautious of all those people. He said, if you touch energy field, you will develop all this. And these are deviant samadhi. You know what is deviant? Not only wrong. No. You completely deviate. No. Severe deviation. No. Deviant samadhi. Because it's thought-based energy field. And that type of meditation, the Mara will come up to you. You will get into a lot of karmic retribution. Yeah. So this is the part that you need to pay attention to. Yeah? Then when you understand, you will know how to develop the meditation accordingly. Then life after life, when you have this understanding, you will not get lost again. It will cut short your cultivation by a lot. Because thought-based meditation has trapped people for too long, too long, yeah. very, very long. That's why the opening verse, eh? just now we recite. If you look at it, you understand why people can get lost for so long. Hundreds of millions of aeons. That's why this type of teaching is very rare. Really, really rare. Yeah. And for you to encounter without the Buddha's asana, you don't stand a chance at all. That's why it takes so long. And when you have the Buddha's asana, when you encounter the true Tathagata's teaching, you better determine. That's why this opening verse is a form of affirmation. Yeah? We go through again so that you understand. Yeah? And this form of affirmation is very important. Verse for opening a sutta, he used the word the unsurpassed, profound and wonderful Dhamma. This is what the true teaching is all about. You understand? Unsurpassed means what? Huh? Nothing can surpass it. Means it's the highest. Because this one is the highest teaching. Then profound, really profound. And because it's profound, it can realize true emptiness. Then it becomes wonderful existence. That's a wonderful Dhamma. And this type of teaching is very difficult to encounter. That's why he said it's difficult to encounter. Even in hundreds of millions of aeons. You know, one aeon is one world system birth and death. And he's talking about hundreds of millions of aeons. Now. 
Then now that you have the condition to see it, you say, I now see and hear it, receive and uphold it. See? You not only see and hear, no, you receive it. You know. It's like those who go for refuge and all those things. Then you determine to uphold it. Then you vow to. What do you vow? Ah, phantom, the Tathagata's true teaching. Miss this true teaching, you vow to understand it. No? You don't just chant this like a parrot, understand? No? That's why this opening verse is to remind practitioner and cultivator that this type of teaching is very rare, really, really rare, and very difficult to encounter. Okay? So we turn back to page 215, huh? then we continue. Do you have any questions before we proceed? Okay, so far, can follow, huh? Okay. If an attachment to purity arises in your mind, a deluded idea of purity will result. See? Deluded idea means what? Attachment to duality through delusion. And what is delusory does not exist. True or not? Yeah? Delusion means what? Delusion means you are deluded. You don't understand. Yeah. So whatever that is delusionary is not the truth. That's why it don't exist. It does not exist. And when you attach to something that don't exist or delusionary, it's worse, isn't it? So the attachment is equally false. Purity has no form or mark. And yet there are those who set up the marks of purity as an achievement. And now you understand how they get entangled. Uh, you know what they will tell you? Hey, I vegetarian, no. Oh, miss, I am more pure than you, understand? You only keep five precepts. You are not even a vegetarian. See? They compare using what? Using what? Huh? Using that thought, because they never understood the true purity is at the mind level, understand? not at the form level, not outwardly what you do. So when you set up the mark of purity, that's why he said the true purity has got no form. You set up the purity at form level, means I'm a very kind person. I'm a very good person. I am vegetarian. I am more compassionate than you. These are all form dhamma. And they never say good according to who. Pure according to who? It's according to your delusion. That's why when you set up this type of delusion, you will get yourself entangled because purity has got no form or mark. And yet there are those who set up the marks of purity as an achievement, thinking that they are more wholesome than you. They are, uh, they use this word, mm, they are purer than you or, or they are more, uh, 
their, their practice is more advanced than you. <laughs> uh, those with this view, what happened? Huh? Those with this view, huh? the last two lines. Ah, obstruct what? Their own? Ah, and become? Ah, because you get conditioned by it. That's why you are bound by that word, purity. Then you're very scared not to be pure. Like Sun Siu, polish until it shines so that no dust can arise. So every day doing that. Thought-based meditation, delusion will lead to all this. Okay? Then we see what Shenhua's commentary is all about. Hmm. Okay, Shenhua's commentary. Everyone's self-nature is basically pure of itself. But when you cling to purity, you add a head on top of a head and create two purity. A true purity and a false purity. This is referring to duality. Huh? Hmm. And so you stray from the original true substance. Though purity has got no form or mark, you postulate a mark to it, and in so doing, add a head on top of a head. When you consider that to be skilled, you obstruct your true nature or original nature. Or he even used the original mind. Yeah? Cultivation is for the purpose of breaking attachment. You should not be attached. So this way of explanation also okay. Understand? Yeah? Yeah. Means he has his understanding. Not bad. Yeah. Then the next next part of the sutta is good knowing advisor. One who cultivates non-movement does not notice whether other people are right or wrong, good or bad, or whether they are, sorry, or whether they have other faults. That is the non-movement of the self-nature. So this part is easy to understand. Eh? Means non-duality. Yeah. But he didn't add one part. Eh? <coughs> Things is just the way it is. Yeah. So when you can have the understanding, thing is just the way it is, true suchness, when you are able to see things as they are, then you will not get yourself entangled with duality. Like what I used to share with you all. Means people are just the way they are, understand? The world is the world. Thing is just the way it is. So when an angry person do angry things, deluded people do deluded things, they are just the way they are. No right, no wrong. You understand? That's why you don't create, oh, this guy is wrong. How can this guy do that? Means you have a view, you have an opinion. But when you look at him as a being, because of delusion, he becomes what he is. Understand? Because of the evil root, he became what he is. And he is still the way he is. No right, no wrong. Wrong according to you who have a view of right and wrong. Do you understand? So when you have this ability to accept the reality 
of the moment, then you can be at peace. Then you have wisdom. Then you are not cling, you are not grasped. Then duality ceases to have power over you. And when you have this ability to live life, what happened to you? Your mind become transformed. Why? Because you don't create duality anymore. Every moment of sense experience, you no longer have right and wrong, good and bad, wholesome and unwholesome, like and dislike, pleasant and unpleasant, reaction of mind, stirring of mind. Means your delusion and sankara start to slow down. When you can accept things as they are, more and more, more and more, there is less and less of the sensual desire and you will. Do you understand? The two main mental hindrances cease to be straight away. Then without duality, there is no dwelling to right and wrong, good and bad, to all the opposite, to all the duality that word create, mind create. So this is how cultivation is to be understood. Then it will transform. That's why I say living beings are heedless, you remember? In all the Thursday class, Tuesday class, and even Sunday class. Heedless means what? You are not heedful, not mindful. You are not aware. You don't have the ability to see things as they are, to develop the understanding. That's why you continuously create heedless thinking, delusion. Then if you continuously do this throughout the day, every moment of sense experience, you react, you stir your mind because of your self-delusion. Your like and dislike, your pleasure. Then all this becomes habitual. If every moment of sense experience, the mental hindrance of sensual desire and you will are there, how can you meditate? Because they will hinder your mind from entering the meditative state of inner peace, inner calmness, and inner mindfulness. That's why you cannot deal with life. You cannot be peaceful in life. That's why they have to concentrate, fix their mind, and they call that meditation. And now, even until today, a lot of monks, a lot of cultivators, they don't understand this. That's why they continuously doing, repeating, training the mind. And they don't understand the word training. <laughs> when you train the mind, you train it yeah, to be in a state of peacefulness, calmness, silent awareness. That is the actual training. Where all these method and technique, like I said, they are skillful means to allow you to train the mind. And how do you train? You use the method and the technique of the chanting to anchor the heedless thinking mind. You understand? Anchor means what? Be mindful of it. Not to fix it there, not to concentrate on it so that it cannot think. Like anapanasati. Mindful of the in and out breath. When you are mindful, means you are not fixing it. You develop sati. 
And sati is a spiritual faculty that can help you overcome the mental hindrance. When sati is there, the first characteristic of Hui Neng's teaching will appear. Do you understand? When you are aware, you cannot think. It's either you are aware within or you are lost in thought. And this is not understood. And what is meditation? All the focusing, concentrating, the noting, the doing. And all this is making the thought more and more active. Why can't you just silent and just aware? And the moment you understand that the moment you are aware, there is no thought. Then you are already in sati. You don't have to train to be in sati. Like swimming. You don't have to train to float or learn how to float. Your natural body is lighter than water, buoyancy. The moment you understand this, you just completely free your mind. Allow the body to experience its natural state. Then it will float. Your mind is the same. The true mind without all this false thinking, delusion, heedless thinking and thought process is already the true mind without thought. Why can't you just relax, silent and allow things to be and let the thought cease? Then you are already aware. The moment you are without thought, you are already aware. So you train your mind to be aware. That's it. That's why Anapanasati is to train the mind to be aware. The Buddha never asks you to fix your mind. A lot of people teach Anapanasati, you know what they ask you to do or not? Not the, sens not the sensation at the point where the in and out breath eh, hit your tip of your nostril. A lot of people teach that way. Not the sensation. Is it? They fix it there. Then some go into absorption, absorb into the whole of the breath. So these are all the teachings that already debate. The real one is like the Buddha said, Anapanasati means breathing in, aware. Breathing out, aware. Just aware. No need to do anything. Then let it stabilize. Then as it stabilizes when you are aware, Naturally, you will experience pity. When there is pity, it's a mind state. You're supposed to be aware, understand or not? That's why everything is about sati, aware. Then continue. Then don't dwell. Don't go and experience the blissfulness, the sukha and all those things and get attacked. And look forward to that state to repeat. That is not meditation. The training of the mind is just the first stage. After you train, you have to stabilize it. Then you have to bring that mindfulness into the daily state. To develop the daily mindfulness. To develop the four foundations of mindfulness. That's the reason why in the Sutta, Kayanupasana, after you train your mind in Anapanasati, what is the next category of cultivation? Mindfulness of what? Yeah? Ah, for posture. This is what you're supposed to do. But people never do. People go and do the slow walking. Oh. They're going to labor again. 
standing, 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 intending to walk. The Buddha never teach all this, and yet it has been accepted, taught. I mean, people are free with their understanding to do the meditation that they believe is right. That's why there is no need to argue. There is no right and no wrong according to them, right according to them. But it is not in the sutta. The Buddha never said, standing, yeah? you must not standing. He just says, standing, where? Walking, where? Finish. He never said not the mental intention or anything. Everything is about steep awareness. No more nothing. Nothing is the thought. Who not? The thought, no. That's why for those who understand, they will not be gullible. They will not be doing all those things. Then after the four posture, you're supposed to connect the connecting moment between the four posture. That's why the third category of cultivation under Kayanubhasana is Mindfulness of all action, all movement in the present moment. You read the sutta, you will understand. Bending, stretching, turning, putting on your shoulder cloth, answering nature's call, all fully aware. That's it. No need to know. The understanding will come. Because when you can be aware in the midst of life, this is the free mind in a natural state of awareness. And that is the first characteristic of Huineng's teaching. No thought, just aware. Then you will insight into phenomena. You will awaken to the three characteristics. Then you will understand what this no mark is all about. Uh, when you can cultivate to the level of no mark, your merits, your virtue, your wholesomeness is way, way beyond those who use thought base, those who cultivate with mark. That is what Diamond Sutta is all about, our Tuesday class, every day. That is the way of Bodhisattva-hood, Buddha-hood. The Bodhisattva cultivate no mark. They will penetrate no thought. Then they will reach the level of no mark. Otherwise, the perfection cannot be completed. It takes too long. That's why when you hit this stage of no mark, you already become very different. You will progress like anything and you will transform the perfection, everything. That's why Kuan Yin Bodhisattva was able to immediately reach the eighth ground of Bodhisattva-hood because of her vow, her compassion, her understanding and all those things. Then when she reached that ability, it means he has perfected the Heart Sutta. He has perfected the Pratnya Paramita Sutta, perfection of wisdom. That's how he, he has such great nature. And he has that uniqueness because of her vow, her great compassion, her great loving kindness, wisdom and understanding. Then from there on, they can arise and develop the cultivation of non-dwelling, like winning and all those things. These are all the great beings who already penetrated the fourth stage of Bohi mind development. They have finished the third phase, moving on to the fourth phase. 
means they can renounce samsara and perfect the ten perfection without any problem. Where they understand all this as not real. Mm. So this is how the cultivation and the teaching can be understood. Yeah. And these are the true teaching of the Tathagata. That's why it's very rare, very, very rare. Mm. Okay, we move on. Eh? Then after that, good knowing advisor, although the body of a confused person may not move, as soon as he opens his mouth, he speaks of what is right and wrong about others, of their good points and shortcomings, and so he turns his way on the back. <coughs> Sorry. And so he turns his back on the way. <laughs> Miss, you are not following the true cultivation. Attachment to the mind and attachment to purity are obstruction of the way. So the sutta is very clear. Eh? Mm. Okay, then we see Shenhua's commentary. You cultivate non-movement. Non-movement of one. You shouldn't just sit there and not move. So this is delusion, understand? If you do that, it is physically you did move, but your mind moved. Uh, you should cultivate non-movement in the midst of movement, in the midst of your daily activity. See? It's about daily mindfulness again. Uh, in the midst of your daily activity. Yeah? Do not move. Do not move means your mind, your true mind. Uh, do not insist on criticizing others and pointing out their fault. If you do not, sorry, if you do nothing but censor and, what is this meaning? Uh? Brubit others. It is not <coughs> non-movement. So this is Xianhua's explanation. Eh? For people who understand, eh? there is good meaning too. Eh? You realize that part which he say you should cultivate non-movement in the midst of movement. He used word, but he didn't elaborate and explain. That's why it's very difficult for you to understand. What is the meaning of cultivate eh? non-movement in the midst of movement? Ah, use the mic. <laughs> oh, Pauline, yeah, she is good. Huh? Pass the mic to her. <laughs> yeah. Because he is not talking about physical movement. Yeah. Uh, Brother Tio, I yeah. think it's uh, in the yeah. mid of not in the midst of sounds that is silent, in the <laughs> yeah. midst of activities there's stillness. Ah yes. <laughs> you see, your, your last part, there is the Mandarin part, is it? The meaning is, but she cannot do it. She was not able to do it. She doesn't know how to do it. She was not able to do it. It's not about doing, understand? The key is to understand. 
The moment you understand, no need to do. That's it. Finish. You understand? When you understand this is burning you, tormenting you, what happened? You were not whole, isn't it? You were not touched, isn't it? That's why no need to let go. Understand? So the one that say, "不过我做不到," is the thought. Understand? Forget about the thought. Have you developed the contemplative understanding of what I shared with you? You realize that part. You should cultivate non-movement in the midst of movement. It's very similar to what I share with you all, which I think Pauline they all heard it, but then they didn't go one step more. You have to contemplate, reflect, and understand what this is. To understand is easier. Then to have that ability to be in that state need cultivation. But if you don't understand, you cannot cultivate. You understand? Can follow that the two step. How to understand? In the midst of sound, vibration like in society, yeah. Here there is so much vibration. In the city, worse. Even here, the traffic is non-stop. The vibration from your fan, yeah, all the activity and movement. There are so many fans. Then, the traffic, the nature's vibration, everything. They are impinging. So, to normal people, it's like very noisy. But in the midst of noise, there can be silence. Where your mind is not noisy, you understand. That's why when they use that symbol at the retreat, they put your forefinger in front of your mouth and they say, "Noble silent." To me, that is not noble silent. That is don't talk. You understand? When you don't talk, means you are verbally, yeah, verbally silent. But inside your heart, your mind, your mundane mind is very actively chattering, understand? Verbalizing, and that is not silent. So, in the midst of activity, there can be stillness. There is the other expression of meditation. Activity means what? You are actively going about doing your thing, your daily chores. Understand now? Could be cooking, working. Then whatever activity, answering nature's call, walking around, and all those things. And all these are activity. So in the midst of activity, there can be stillness because within this nature, the nature is still. There is no movement. There is just awareness. Like when I share the Dhamma, I used to tell you, nothing more. The nature is still, and yet all this activity can arise. All this movement can arise. Then, when you are in the midst of life, in the midst of vibration, sound, all this, there can be silence. Where there is no verbalization, no chattering, nothing. So this is the initial understanding that you must have. Then you check through awareness. Is your nature like that? Is your mind like that? You will know it's not. That's why a lot of things start with understanding. When I understand, I have the ability 
to put it into practice. But this is what I need to realize. So how do I cultivate it? What did the teaching remind me of? Yeah? How can the heedless thinking and all these things stop? How can it stop? I already explained that. It's not through focusing, concentrating, all those things. How can it stop? Ah, pass the way to me. Yeah, very good. Sadio. Uh, because today we are going into the cultivation. It will help you a lot. Yes. Yeah. Good afternoon, ah. Ah. To, 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 to overcome this hitless thinking, thinking. Yes. the only way is to cultivate yeah, the opposite, the opposite five, five spiritual, spiritual faculties. The mental hindrances. Ah, very good. Sadhu. So your focus should be on that. And is it very difficult to cultivate spiritual faculty? That's why a lot of people overlook the cultivation. To them, they thought they understand. We are theory, understand? And the Buddha mentions specifically, you know, this spiritual faculty needs to be cultivated until it is until it is what? Ah, unshakable. Part of your nature, unshakable. Means balance. Understand? Spiritual powers. You have to develop it until that level. Then only you can have the ability to have that type of mind. And it's not difficult. It's not difficult. First, you cultivate sada, virya. How do you do it? I have already explained. We develop it through what? Through reflection and contemplation on who the Buddha is. That's why you recollect through the teaching. The Buddha chant the nine great virtue. And the nine great virtue explain clearly to you that nine great virtue of the Buddha. And you have to go through that nine thing to understand who he is. He is not only the wisest and the most virtuous, he is the guide, incomparable. Then he is endowed with great wisdom and virtue. Then he is not only enlightened, he is fully enlightened. That's why iti peso, such indeed. Yeah. Iti peso bhagava, he is the bhagava. What is bhagava? Huh? He is the worthy one, isn't he? Worthy or what? What do you want? Respect, offering, give and hospitality and all those things because the field of merit is limitless. So iti peso bhagava arahan. He's an arahan. He's not only an arahan who is free of birth and death. The next one is what? Sama sambudo. He is the fully enlightened one. Such a being where to find? That's why you have to go through all this. I contemplate all this. And because of my past cultivation, I knew who he was. That's why the moment I saw the Four Noble Truth, I said, this is the one, no need to search. Nobody can do that. 
unless he is the real one. Even my nature tells myself, even if I myself were to realize the enlightenment, I cannot summarize all his understanding, the teaching, into just four noble truth. No way. That's why it's so beautiful. Then when you understand not only who he is, what he is, and how wonderful his teaching is, what are you waiting? Without this teaching, you will be miserable, understand now? Heedless, lost in thought, suffer like anything, life after life. And this is the teaching that can free you, not only this life, life after life from now onward. And what are you waiting for? That's why the moment I realize this, non-stop, my nature go all out to cultivate. Without this, suffering will arise. Misery will arise. And all of your subsequent coming when there is no Buddha sasana, you will be completely lost. That's why the sadha will develop the virya. Then you will have this spiritual zeal to determine to walk this way. That's why this becomes very strong. Then you will throughout the day cultivate. That's why sati will come. You will determine through virya to cultivate this sati until it stabilizes. Then when sati stabilizes, samadhi will stabilize. Then when there is sati and samadhi, you will see things as they are. Your daily mindfulness will be there. You will awaken to the three universal characteristics. Then you will penetrate the second characteristic of Huynings teaching, cultivation of the understanding of Noma. Not only you don't have thought anymore, after your spiritual faculty is developed, there is no more thought. Then the wisdom that arises, the last spiritual faculty, will give you the equanimous mind. That's why from that moment onward, your mental hindrance will be completely wiped off. That's how you can be in the midst of sound, there is silence. There in the midst of activity, there can be stillness. That's how the cultivation will come about. Then when you stabilize the spiritual faculty until it's unshakable, all this understanding will unfold. It's not difficult. But people don't understand. Then I help you through what? The puja aspiration. What do you aspire? There is one last one, you remember? The fifth one. You aspire for what? Your spiritual faculty to be developed until it becomes unshakable. That's how I plan the teaching for you all and develop the causes and conditions for you all to develop that fulfillment. And the puja aspiration, every part of it is very powerful, very beautiful. And nobody knew how to develop all those. And these are the things, if you do it with faith and understanding, it will bring forth. Because you aspire to your merits by the power of all these merits. May arise the causes for your spiritual faculty to become unshakable and all those things. So all this 
is what the cultivation is about. If you don't determine, make vow, and invoke power of merit for causes and conditions, it's near to impossible. But this way, you will deviate very easily. Where the mundane mind is very gullible. Even within the sasana, you don't get this right and then determine strongly so that life after life you come, you have this understanding. You're going to get lost again when the sasana is no more. That's why this teaching is not easy. But the moment you heed it, like Sven Hua said, I vow to fathom the Tathagata's true teaching. You vow to fathom this teaching and understand. Then put it into practice and cultivation. So that life after life, when you come, you determine you will be home. Means you don't have to worry anymore. After that, this vow will take you along. That's why later on when the Bodhisattva vow transcript come out, you read through, you will understand. It's all inside the sharing. Okay? Yeah, we go on. Yeah? So now at least this part, you have developed the understanding. Hmm. Then we go on to the next part of the sutta. The master instructed the assembly, good knowing advisor, what is meant by sitting in Zen? Ah, this one is also very beautiful. In this unobstructed and unimpeded Dhamma door, the mind's thought do not arise with respect to any good or evil external state. That is what sitting is. To see the unmoving self-nature inwardly is Zen. Ah, what is the meaning? To see the what? What is the word? The first paragraph, last line. Ah, unmoving. How do you see the unmoving? Self-nature, inwardly, is Zen. You can do that. You are meditating. This is what Zen is all about. Zen. Meditation is all about. You have to be silent and aware. Then only you can realize the unmoving self-nature. What is the self-nature? Your true mind, which is without thought, just aware. That's why I say you just relax, silent and aware. Why can't you just do that? That's why I say you train your mind. You need to train because your spiritual faculty is not stable yet. Until your anapanasati got no more movement, then what happens? Don't try to do anything after that. Just silent. Stay there. Then it will stabilize. Then in the midst of whatever movement, this awareness, which is aware, will just be aware. That's it. Then the mind will enter what? That mind will enter what? Sati. Remember? When there is no more movement, subtle, still, don't do anything, then this mind will stabilize to become the true mind, which is aware, just aware. And this will enter sati. Means when your mind is in sati, means 
this is the meditative mind. And when this mind arises in life, every moment of seeing is in sati, understand? Every moment of hearing is in sati. But it is just aware. That's why when you lie down, <coughs> I believe many of you have experienced it, especially at the retreat. Initially, there is thought and other things. Until later on, this one becomes so quiet, that it stays at the heart there. No movement. That is the silent mind. Then stabilize that one. Then after that, every movement, every activity is like magnified. Where that mind is already in city. Then every moment of seeing is specific phenomenal awareness. That whatever phenomenal that the seeing consciousness is aware, it flows with it. That's like the moving car. There is no concept of a car or what? The awareness and the movement is one. Everything in the midst of nature. The hearing also same, the vibration is deep. Smell also same, taste also same. Tactile, mental phenomenon. Awareness and the thing as one. There's a specific phenomenon awareness. Then when you are completely aware, silent, without a center, that is spacious awareness. You will experience all those. That's how you train your mind. That's how the mind can enter sati. And that is what meditation is all about. That's why Huining also confirmed, this is Zen. This is the real meditation. Not inside there, nothing. Focusing, concentrating, keep on doing. What is all those things? Creating duality. That's why here, Huining make it very clear. In this unobstructed and unimpeded Dhamma door, means his teaching, the mind's thought does not arise. So what are you all doing last time? Huh? The meditator is the thought, actively doing things. You understand? Noting, meditating, commenting, chattering, verbalizing. Huh. Am I doing it right? Is this impermanent? Is this anichang? Oh, I realize this already. All these are chattering. And you cannot understand this. You are doing the wrong meditation. Thought-based. That's why in this Dhammadol, which is the unobstructed and unimpeded Dhammadol, the mind's thought does not arise with respect to any good or bad or external state. There is no more movement. That is what sitting in Zen is all about. To see the unmoving self-nature inwardly is Zen. So now you understand. Just silent, aware, still. And that stillness is not a conditioned state. It's just silent, free mind. And this is what meditation is all about. Now you get it. Yeah? You still can't get it. Very difficult to meditate really. That's why I don't know why living being can be so gullible. Still keep on doing all those things. <laughs> because you have not stabilized the understanding, that's why you cannot understand all this. 
and to most people meditation is just noting something following method and technique chant, chanting and all those things not to say you cannot chant you can chant until the awareness and the chanting become one that is the tea that is just the initial skill for me to train like mind sipping method and all those things to stabilize the mind to develop the mindfulness the awareness then after that stabilizing and you cannot understand all this all the doing got no meaning you're wasting your time but when you understand all this you progress very fast you know what you are doing you was just silent no need to do anything and the real meditation is just relax silent aware that's like the four support relax aware finish don't even try to know then you need the spiritual faculty train the spiritual faculty when the spiritual faculty is there the mental hindrance no more meditation become very easy the moment you lie down you are already in sati the moment you sit you are already in sati where there is no more mental hindrance do you understand that's why meditation become very simple if you cannot do this you expect yourself to be aware in the midst of life formal meditation also you cannot get it in the midst of life and your senses are fully engaged you don't stand a chance that's why you have to stabilize the awareness in the form of meditation until that mind enters the tea that mind enters the tea means as you come out of it every movement every activity is in the tea then you can see your hand movement or any of these eye blinker you fully aware and it's like magnified then no thought everything is just so peaceful so calm you just aware that way you can be aware in the midst of activity then you come out or retreat you do it in the midst of life starting with your home then extending it to external activity and it will stabilize then only the real meditation start yes i not until you can have that type of mindfulness in the midst of life you have not cultivated the real satipatthana and the understanding will unfold by itself so today because it's recorded eh huh? recorded huh? <laughs> i tell you you not recorded huh? no more condition to read repeat all this but today is very special because somehow i don't know what happened this chapter create all the condition for this teaching to come out what i am doing is i just summarize what i have taught you do you understand no? and put into a one and a half hour of very beautiful audio file you have to listen to this attentively and write it down until you understand the whole process the cultivation then when you understand you do you progress very fast very very fast that's why a lot of people still maybe until now still don't know what this thing is but the moment you understand and you progress i tell you you not only have a lot of joy you will have a lot of gratitude and great respect towards the buddha for his beautiful teaching 
And this is the real teaching. It's not in the textbook. It's in his teaching. His teaching actually points towards all this. But people have failed to develop the understanding. There is loss. In the Theravada, the basic teachings are there. But in the Mahayana, the higher teachings are there. That's why all this, no thought, no mark, and no dwelling, Theravada don't have, lost already. Because they cannot reach this state. Most of them can reach only sainthood state. And sainthood state, you don't go beyond the first characteristic of no thought. They only do part of that. No mark, no dwelling. Very difficult for them to do. Because that one needs a lot of wisdom. They may do, for the arahan, they may have some understanding of the second characteristic, no mark. But it's also limited because they don't have the vow. They don't penetrate and realize all Dhamma. That's why they don't have enough wisdom to understand all this. Because they lack the four basic vow of a draping uh, to be a sama samadha and all those things. So today's sharing is very unique, uh, very beautiful. So hopefully uh, you all can remember 30th April 2017. Uh, and make sure this one, you develop the clear understanding. Listen, then write it down. Uh, so that you can have a flow chart of what this cultivation is all about. Then you will start to recall what I share with you, even at the retreat and all those things, and the normal classes. Then you will start to have a clear mapping of the whole cultivation. Then you must develop the affirmation. Well, I even repeated the opening verse, explained to you very clearly the words. Every of the words, they stand out. And the meaning is very deep. So all this, you cannot find in other places. Uh, because for somebody to summarize the whole thing to you, it's not easy. Not easy. Uh, then when you have this, it's like a complete model. Not a prototype anymore. The final understanding. Then from there, you reflect, contemplate, stabilize the understanding, then you cultivate. You will progress very fast. Yeah. Okay? We move on. Eh? Yeah. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. You all can rejoice. Eh? Yeah. Okay, next one. Good knowing advisor. What is meant by Zen? Concentration. The word is wrong. Eh? Zen samadhi. Yeah. It's not concentration. Being separate from external mark is Zen. Not be confused inwardly is Samadhi. Yeah. What is not being confused inwardly? What is confusion? Delusion. Understand now? That's why the real Samadhi is based on what? Non-confusion. What is non-confusion? Ha! That's why the samadhi must be collected and unwavering, supported by wisdom. 
the last enlightenment factor, Upeka, that one is supported by wisdom, not in the fourth jhana, understand? Or not? The characteristic of the fourth jhana is also Upeka, unwavering, but it's in a conditioned state. Do you understand? It's not a free mind. This Upeka is born of wisdom, a free mind, not in jhana, not in a conditioned state. And this is the real samadhi. This is Zen samadhi. That's why without confusion. So winning, he makes it so clear to the cultivator. If you become attached to external mind, your mind will be confused inwardly because of delusion. Yeah. If you are separate from external mind, inwardly your mind will be unconfused. You remember my teacher, Ajayana said, inside okay, outside no problem. Inside not okay, outside full of problem. That is what confusion is all about. But when you cling on to external, you will have delusion. Otherwise, you won't cling. That's why you learn how to use it, that mind. And yet, you will not attach or cling. That is the meaning of non-dwelling or no-dwelling. When you still dwell means you cling on to external. Understand? Yeah. The original nature is naturally pure. In a natural state, of samadhi. Confusion arises merely because states are seen and attended to. That's why when you pay attention means you grasp, you dwell, you stay there. Yeah. If the mind remains unconfused when any state is encountered, that is true samadhi. That's why I used to tell you all, when you have samadhi, every moment of sense experience, what happened? The mind remains Collected and unwavering. It does not stir. There's no duality, nothing. Because it's unconfused. That's why the teaching, when you understand, is so beautiful. When you don't understand, you will interpret it wrongly. You think it's concentration. Then they said, the jhanas, The path factor of the Noble Eightfold Path, Sama, Samadhi, they say is the eighth type of concentration, the Janas. If the Buddha really meant that, he would have put Sama, Jana. Why want to use a different word, Sama, Samadhi? And what is Samadhi? It's not easy to understand. Because they always equate that word as concentration. Yeah. Well, that is the Hindu teaching. And that is the word that most people who do thought-based can understand. That's why like those who do sati, awareness, they cannot understand. So those who cultivate sati and awareness, they will end up with wisdom. Then only that samadhi arise. And that type of samadhi, until today, only those who truly have the Dhamma or awaken, they understand. Uh. 
Okay, we look at the commentary. We see what Xianhua had to say. Huh? Sitting in one place is not necessary sitting. You are said to be sitting when your mind is no longer disturbed by external condition, be they good or bad. When you view the unmoving self-nature inwardly, you are practicing Zen. See, he used the same word, but he didn't explain. Understand? <laughs> so Xianhua used the word same. Maybe he understand, I don't know. But he didn't explain and elaborate. So anyway, based on what I explained, it's already very clear. Eh? Uh. Then he continued. Eh? Xianhua continued with the commentary. He said, when you are not attached to external marks, you have attained Zen. So this is also a repeat eh? of the Sutta. When inwardly you have no illusion or scattered thought. Huh? Here he add in a bit, means no delusion or scattered thought, mean healers thinking and all things, then you have attained samadhi. Yeah. But he didn't use the word wisdom. No. Detach yourself from external mark and your efficacious, bright, enlightened nature will be pure of itself. In that way, you will attain samadhi. Yeah. So this is Chen Hua's way of Explaining, eh? he said, detach yourself from external marks. Means develop wisdom not to cling, not to grasp. Eh? So in that sense, it's correct. But if people interpret it wrongly, if they forget the word wisdom, it becomes suppression. Understand? Eh? Where he didn't say use wisdom, he just said detach yourself from external marks. Sometimes they just don't want to have anything to do with external phenomena. So they abide within. Uh, then it becomes citta vivika, self-seclusion. Then it becomes concentration. Uh, but if you have the wisdom not to attach, not to cling, uh, then it becomes samadhi. Mm. Okay, so that finish of the explanation. Yeah. Oh, we can finish chapter 5 today, I think. Eh? The next section of the sutta, good knowing advisor, being separate from all external mark is Zen, and being inwardly unconfused is Samadhi. External Zen and inward Samadhi are Zen Samadhi. Ah, here, very good. The Vimalakiti Sutta said, Just then, suddenly return and regain the original mind. You know what is this? What is your original mind? Eh? You cannot follow. At that moment, just then, like all of a sudden, you return and regain the original mind. Means your mundane mind must have ceased, collapsed. That's why when you are able to do that, the mundane mind will collapse and cease. Then the Bodhisattva Sila Sutta said, our basic nature is pure of itself. It's just like Huining. Eh? When he heard the Diamond Sutta, mind to mind seal from the fifth patria. He, he said, so amazing. Eh? He said, our basic nature is pure of itself. Eh? That's why Pu Zhen, Pu Jian, 
according to Heart Sutta. Everything is already sufficient, complete by itself. Good knowing advisor, in every thought, see your own clear and pure original nature. Cultivate, practice, realize the Buddha way. See? In every sense experience, actually, not every thought, every sense experience. See your clear, your own clear and pure, true mind or original nature. Like I told you, when your mind enters the deep, means what? You are already in sati, means you are already in the true mind state. That's why you are ever mindful. And when you are ever mindful, every moment of sense experience, your mind is in sati. That's why all your seeing is in sati, hearing is in sati, smell, taste, tactile, and thought process, they are all in sati. This is how heedfulness come about, ever mindful. How can you be ever mindful if your mind is not in sati? Means it's incapable of reverting back to the old mind. That's why the supramundane mind arise. The mundane mind collapsed. No more. Finish. That's why you cannot do all those funny things anymore. So this chapter 5 is very, very beautiful. Eh? Okay, good. We stop here. <laughs> Do you have any question? Huh? The next chapter, chapter 6 also, I believe should be very good. Huh? Repentance and reform. I, I haven't read through all this. I don't know what really it is. You can go back and read through. Huh? Okay. Oh, no wonder this chapter, oh, it's chapter 4, not chapter 5. It cannot be. Uh. The next one is chapter 6. Oh, yeah, sitting in Zen, uh. Uh, chapter 5. No wonder this chapter 4 and chapter 5 is so interesting. Well, chapter 4 is the one that bring out the whole thing. Samadhi and Wisdom, chapter 4, yeah, page 203. Samadhi and wisdom. Yeah, from there onward, eh, the teaching become very beautiful. Then after that, the real Zen, eh, the real sitting in Zen. The Zen eh. Okay, very good. Any question? Eh? Anybody wants to ask any question or clarify anything? You can just put up your hand. Eh? Don't have. Then you can have your meditation. Yeah? Yeah. Today I have to leave early. Yeah? Maybe I give you uh, 22 minutes of meditation. I have to leave by 5.30 where I got a dinner appointment. Somebody is inviting my wife and me for dinner. Yeah? They are coming to fetch me 6.20 yeah? earlier. So I have to leave before 5.30. Yeah? I will have to end at 5.30, sorry. Then I should be in time. Huh? Okay, so you can have your meditation. I will ring the bell after about 20 minutes. Huh?
Okay. For the so at head and now you can slowly mindfully come out of meditation and try to maintain whatever inner peace, inner calmness and inner mindfulness that you have developed. Try to stabilize them for as long as you can. And finally you have to stabilize all this mind state that you are trained, especially the sati, sada, virya, leading to samadhi. And use them to cultivate the daily mindfulness. Then you will understand many things. The awakening will come. The understanding will come. Wisdom, panya will arise. Okay, now we open it up for reporting of meditation, followed by Q&A. Anybody who has the meditation to report and ask any question, you can raise your hand. Anybody? <laughs> Nobody. How you all find the meditation? Uh, yeah. Uh, pass the mic to Mindy. Uh, Mindy. Uh. Yeah. Um, brother Teo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Basically, uh, I don't have any question at this moment, but I really appreciate what uh, Brother Teo had taught just now ah, about okay. the quiet mind. Yeah. Um, well, after back from the uh, Cameron Highland ah, retreat. Ah, the retreat. What yes, happened? Ah. Yes. Um, okay. Basically, in the retreat, uh, I experienced a bit uh, um, about the energy field or whatever. Yeah. And then I just, uh, I mean, stabilized my mind. And ah. then the energy... It was uh, I was in like a severe energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be very strong. But yes. the key thing is remember to relax into it first. Relax. Uh, uh. Yes. And then, uh, to my surprise, the uh. energy suddenly stopped. Oh, very good. Yeah, so yes. Too, and, uh, uh, very good. Yeah. Then uh. Uh, from that experience, uh, when I uh. back uh, to my uh, I mean daily life uh, uh. meditation experience, I uh. just uh, quiet. Just uh, aware of whatever happened, ah, I, yes. I, don't, I don't react, and yeah. I really understand what a brother Tio had taught just now. Oh, it sadhu. Is, it's really easy and really Yeah, yeah, sadhu, sadhu. Very good. Uh, very good. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Okay. You all should rejoice. Sadhu, huh? sadhu. She is so new, and she can understand all this just because of one retreat that she attended. Earlier on, she was with our Sunday class. Then she decided to join us for the retreat. Then at the retreat, of course, she experienced energy field. Whereas in the past, she also do energy field. Then she remember what I told her to do. The key thing is to relax into every mind state that arises. Then she tried to stabilize it, which was very good. Miss, you are not attracted to it. You don't hold on to it. You don't get excited over it. You just continue to accept it, relax, and let it stabilize. Uh, you can do that. It's very good. Then when it stabilizes, it will become very quiet again, peaceful again. 
then you just continue to silence your mind and develop the mindfulness. Then make it very stable. Then later on, as you move out of that meditative state, you will experience what she experienced, a lot of calmness, a lot of silent mindfulness and all those things. Then through that, when she came back out of the retreat, she continued with that type of meditation and understanding. In the midst of daily life, she just maintained mindfulness, awareness of everything. Then she can understand what I said just now, which was very good, very, very good. And to her, it's like very easy to understand. Because when you experience those mind states, you will know what the sharing is all about. That this understanding, this sharing, come from the silent mind. Uh, that's how all this can happen. Uh? Sadhu, uh, I rejoice. Uh? Very good. Anybody else? Uh? Just report your meditation. Uh? Don't have to be like shy or what. Uh? How you feel just now? When you start meditation, I realize very cooling, uh, the rain all calm and very cooling. Uh, and the rain was quite heavy just now, uh, uh, which was good and very conducive. Uh. <laughs> Anybody else wants to share anything or report the meditation? Or you can ask me whatever that you want to understand. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe you share with us your putosan trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you, Brother uh, yeah. uh, Today's uh, the chapters on unmovement in a uh, states of mind. Um, in this putosan trip, it took us about nine days and. The overall of it is, the beauty of it is the commitment, the commitment from everyone in the trip. Uh, a lot of people know what is the objective of them visiting this trip, and they try their best to be um, practicing themselves and flow with the program. So, uh, in China, they have this practice that, that very early, that the uh, early chanting is 4 a.m. But most of them, because they have the great faith in Kuan Yin, they will arrive at the temple at 2 a.m. And first day, because the, the temple door opened at 3 tenths, so we went there. Which temple was it? Wei On the peak there, mountain uh, top. The, the one that is uh, quite near to the hotels, oh, um, okay. with the ponds in front of it, the, 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 the emperor's temple. Oh, okay. Uh, I think we've been, we have been the first round. Oh, that one I think is very busy on uh, a lot of people lot, go there. A lot, a lot, uh, and uh, yeah. in fact, especially on Saturday you all didn't and go Sunday, we went. We went. In fact, we met the Jian uh, Yan, yeah, 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 and yeah. he's a very compassionate yeah, and yeah, he welcomes. Yeah. So uh, when we went there, uh, there's a 
by three o'clock, they are, the queue is already very very long to enter the temple for the. Ah, no, 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 I, one thing I like to share is, uh, uh, although they are so busy, when everybody mm. enter the main chines, they are invited to sit downs, and uh, because the 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 place is very big and the people are all seated down, but the sound is still there. Oh, okay. They still chatting. Uh. So normally the the committee, I mean the monks, there will always remind that uh, there is no place. No locations and no time for worship. Oh, okay. But if you come in to the temple, uh. please bring your mind and not leaving the mind at home because that is the choice that you choose to wake up so early and take the oh, trouble okay. to come to the temple. So, uh. Uh, but in there are a lot. Uh, overall, there are a lot of rituals and faiths. You know, they, they in the temple and very oh, noisy. Okay. But uh, who, who is conducting? They all conduct, or you all have your own session? No, they conduct. Based on your, they conduct, they conduct, oh, based on your description, it's like they conduct. They uh, conduct, yes. Oh, they conduct. They conduct uh, so you're doing at the Ta Siung Pao Tian? Ta Siung Pao Tian. Uh, yeah. uh, that one, by the time they open up for tourists, it's fully packed. Uh, fully, fully packed. packed. Yeah. But uh, as, as long as. Uh, you, if there's no negativity of the noise, you have no aversion towards it. Actually, you can see and respect whatever mm. they do, and uh, you still like what is say is uh, you are. Although in the noisy a place, you your mind is still in stillness. And mm. there's another part that is uh, uh, the the. Fourteen sun. Remember that we walk The one on the peak. Uh, yeah, uh, when we uh, we are supposed to do three step one, one bow. Uh, Not on the way up. Uh, on the way down. Up. Yeah, all the way up. Uh, the up means yeah. you didn't take the cable car. Huh? Uh, in fact, we took the cable car in the morning to go there for meditations. Oh, then okay. after that, we come down again, and we are using five yi si, oh, okay. si to actually three step one bow up. Oh, okay. But okay. Uh, what I can we experience is, you just go there, you know that you're going to bow. The only thing is, you just do it oh, okay. with your activities. That means you don't don't have an idea of how long it would take. Mm. There's no hindrances. So you just follow your step, and you find that actually when you do with with faith. The existing that you can feel feel the existing of the morning is there. Then the inspirations and you are doing with your steps is become smooth, more smooth as you move up. Oh, and there okay. is no hindrances. And mm. compared to those who walk up, in fact, it's much easier if bow. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there are certain stretch where continuous steps. How you bow? No, There's we, a lot of steps. Yeah, we actually stretch. using three steps. Yeah, but there are so many steps. Yes. Three. After three steps, we bow. How to bow on the on the steps? On the step. How to bow? Yeah, we bow. How you do? Uh. Yeah. 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 
but the step is so small. I'm talking about the the the. Yeah. No, you're climbing up a step. Ah, then. But that step is only about less than one foot wide. Ah. How do you bow down? You you will lose your balance. You mean you bow onto the step above you? Oh, you call that bowing. <laughs> you bow onto the steps above you, above you. Ah, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I thought you wait for flat ground on the shoe bow. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Then what happened? But I saw in the photo it was raining, isn't it? Yeah, it was raining. Uh, I saw some of you on raincoat. Uh, oh, you all did it every day, or one day. oh, only on one day, uh, one of the days. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so you all go up the uh, what they call the mountain peak. Take the cable car up. What time you go up? Ah, uh, means immediately when the cable car is available. Yeah. yeah. But up there, did they offer you a place to gather or meditate? Oh, you meditate at the Tangsheng Mountain also. Oh, okay. Yeah. First day they uh, don't quite like us to sit it because oh, okay. they, they we will uh, disturb their flow. Oh okay. But after because they can see, in fact, mm. uh, they phrase our group for uh, oh, ask okay. us to be a mentor to the others because they say uh. um, we have a very silent queue oh. and <laughs> we follow strictly to their rules so. Oh, okay. uh, he, he, they face us by saying the foreign Hua Chiao the Su Then uh, second day they find a place for us. They divide the place and ask us to sit there. Yeah. Uh. That was what they wanted us to do during that trip also. Uh. Because they gave us a, 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 a identified place. Yeah. But then when I was there, I saw, I knew, cannot, doesn't work. That's why I went with uh, Mr. Er, yeah, Mr. Er, together with the Taoyu, because they said they already discussed with the management committee and they have agreed. Then when I was there, I wanted to know where we will be doing the meditation. Then when we went there, that Tao Yu, uh, he was being told, you have to see that monk. Then that monk, he go and see him, he said, no, no, not me, you have to see another monk. Then another monk. Then finally they said, must meet that habit and all those things. Then they lead us to a place, a room, where a lot of people were making offering and donation. So the monk, many monks there, they were too busy writing them 
the, the, the offering and all those things. Then I saw that thing, then I told that guy, I said, never mind, I said, forget about it, because it's too commercialized. Then what we were told was, like you said, they will give you a place, eh? a place. but with all the tourists out there, you know, not to say we cannot meditate in the midst of tourists and all those things, but it's not the purpose. Yeah, our purpose there is, because it put all sun and the sun, Yin Bodhisattva's way place, so we're supposed to look for a way place to develop the retreat and meditation and all those things. Then luckily they told us there is a nearby Song Chen Si. Uh, then I said, it's okay, we just go there. Then they say there, we didn't make any reservation with them. We didn't like, have any appointment with them. I said, you don't worry, we just go. Then they took us there. Uh, and I was very surprised. The moment I reached there, I knew this is the place. Uh, uh, I can feel that nature, the energy. Then I went in. Eh? No tourists, no? The only temple, no tourists, no? Then later on, I went in. We met one Sufu. Then the Sufu, very good. He, he very kind, very compassionate. Then he asked us, where are we from? Then my Taoyu told them we are uh, Buddhist, <laughs> looking for a place to meditate. Then luckily I was there. Then I said we are from Malaysia. Uh, we want to look for a way place to meditate. My Mandarin was not so good. That time I remember Brother Song was with me, I think, Brother Song. Uh, then he explained. I said, oh, like that, uh, you wait, he said, we have to contact the Zhu Ren, uh, the, the person in charge. So he made a phone call. Then the Zhu Ren, when he heard, then he said, yeah, no problem, because they prefer only meditator and cultivator. Uh, they don't want tourists and others. I said, no problem. Then they also cook for us. Uh, at first we were thinking, Taobao from hotel, then cater, then bring, then they say no need, we cater, and it was very cheap. Uh, so finally we decided there, and it was a very beautiful place. Yeah. And they opened up the meditation area for us, where the monk used or no. Uh, that, that whole place he opened up for us. He said, you can use this place and the whole of the monastery area. Uh, then after that retreat, they were so happy with us. Uh, then, of course, we also thank them. Huh? Then we also say we would like to make some offering because the affinity and also the condition and all those things. So after that, they told us, you are most welcome. If you want to come again, you let me know. Yeah. Then they will arrange for it because according to them, they prefer to open up for people who are doing the cultivation in the practice. Yeah, they knew all this very commercialized. Uh, and they didn't stop tourists from coming in, but nobody go there, one, it seems. Because <laughs> uh, it seems they open to university to students. Correct. It seems that the tour agency don't like to go there because I think they cannot get what they want. 
and a lot of other things which they don't understand. Mm. Well, this one is a real meditation center. Uh, and that nature within there, that place, the energy, that nature, very beautiful. And just immediately as you walk up the steps, uh, as you pass through the, there, there's a, like a, a moon gate like that on a gate. Uh, it's just an open gate uh, where you pass through. You can feel on both sides is the, I think the bamboo, the bamboo plant and some other plant. Very beautiful. As you walk in, you can feel it's not only peaceful and serene. You can feel the nature of all those great beings, especially because that place they 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 do it exactly like Cabrin Highland. No, they got Virochana Buddha, huh? Virochana Buddha. Then on, then they explain all those things there. No, how they set up those temple and all those things. Then immediately after the plants and the bamboo thing, oh, then we saw Kuan Yin, one, just one Kuan Yin nature there, uh, standing posture, very beautiful. Yeah. Then I can feel, then my nature radiate a lot of metta and all that. Then the whole place become very different. Then like they were waiting for us and welcoming us. Then after that we went in, then we settle down then we had our session our sharing it was very beautiful then a lot of place to contemplate reflect and do all things then the meal also they have a place where you go and eat uh, it's a very good experience with <laughs> you take your own food and all those things then you're supposed to do it mindfully then clean your own thing then put everything back and because the condition and our understanding makes that place and our activity so beautiful until the monk they all know no? they know this group is different no? so they were so happy with us no? that, that was what happened that time because the Pujisu I know is too popular very commercialized no? then they give you the space I tell you there's a lot of restriction no? then the tourists all is around no? then there's a lot of things you cannot do because you can't speak. When you speak, it's too noisy. Yeah. Then you cannot do the sharing. Yeah. Ours is a retreat like Cameron. Yeah. So we need a quiet place. It's not because we need it for meditation. We need it for sharing and all those things. So that was the reason why I immediately chose the other one. Yeah. Mm. Very good, very good. Yeah. Sadhu. In fact, I've been to that place twice. I took Kairamita there twice. Uh, and both occasions also was very beautiful. Mm. So you all had nine days, huh? Eh? Oh, sadhu. Very good. Uh, yeah, normally we go there for only uh, three days or four days uh, because we need to visit other places. Uh, we went to the other one where the musical fountain and all those things. The place, uh, yeah. what was the name? Uh? Ling San Ta Fo, is it? Uh, where they bathed the Buddha and all those things. That, that place was also very famous. Uh, that, that place was very unique, very beautiful. Uh, then they have the very big statue <laughs> of Sakyamuni Buddha. Uh, 
Okay, good. Thanks for the sharing. Yeah, sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, uh, we got about five minutes. Huh? Do you got? Do you all have? It? Ah, you go and sign. The maid is waiting for you. I think. <laughs> This is the part-time maid. I think. Huh? You have to sign and don't know, pay them or what. Oh, only to sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you don't have any more question uh, or meditation reporting, then maybe we end. Uh, we will do the sharing of merits, transfer of merits. Then after that, you can make your aspiration. Okay, let us recall to mind uh, all of the good sharing, the wholesomeness that you have developed, uh, and all the rejoicing. Then we will share all these merits with all beings, starting with the devas. Aka sata chobhumata deva naga mahindika punyang tang ademoditwa chirang rakan tuloka sasana itawata chamehi sampadan punya sampadan. Sabe deva anamodantu sabasampati siddhya idang menya tinang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo idang menya tinang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo idang menya tinang hotu Sukita hontu nyatayo Imina punyang kamena Mame bala samagamo Satang samagamo hotu Yawa nivana patiya Sadu, sadu Sadhu. Okay, let us pay respect to Sakyamuni Buddha, Kuanyin Bodhisattva, and all the worthy ones. Then we end. Let's express a heartfelt thanks to the Joe Forger.